This is the fear of science. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to The Fear of Science, the podcast that dives into the wide world of science topics and science-adjacent topics to demystify, debunk, and delight. Each show features a new science fear, along with special guests and surprises and learning along the way. My name is Daniel Chai. I'm Jeff Porter. And if you are listening to this, you are most likely listening to us on some sort of digital device, uh, a laptop, a, a smartphone, perhaps a Zune that you have uh, somehow cracked. Um, but if you are listening to us on a podcast, uh, we are very lucky to have uh, great podcast fans. But uh, you are listening to us through uh, through the the internet, through the internet. So uh, uh, inspired by that, today's topic, we are diving into the world of digital privacy. So this is actually going to be kind of a continuation of the fifth episode we did, um, a fear of, uh, oh God, now I'm going to forget what it was. I got you. Uh, <laughs> fear of Big Brother data. There we go. I knew it was there. Um, yeah, where we had Mark Schmidt on from UBC and Carrie Hunter, and uh, we talked about kind of how corporations um, mine your data um, and then what they do with it. So we're, we won't, I want to continue on that conversation. I feel like we had very little time. So we have two more guests with us tonight. Absolutely. Uh, two uh, uh, guests here at the Vancouver Public Library Inspiration Lab to help us dive into this topic. Who do we have? Hi, everyone. My name is Ali Brown. Uh, I'm the founder and principal consultant of Kirky Management Consulting. Uh, we are a firm that helps people, oh, not people, but corporations uh, manage personal information in the most compliant way. Uh, we believe that data is the next big asset, uh, just like oil was one day. Now data is is becoming the big one of the biggest assets uh, in the business world, and we just want to help companies use that data for the benefit of people, not to take advantage of people and educate them to ensure that they comply with all the different privacy regulations that are um, coming around the world and, and ensure that what they do with that data is the right, the right thing and they're doing it compliantly. Perfect. Thank you so much, Alejandra. And over here. I'm John Beeler. And I am the editorial director at Get Connected Media. Uh, we have a podcast. We have a couple of radio shows. Uh, we're just in the midst of producing our 26th season of television, all about technology. And I also have a regular segment on News 1130. Hey, thank you for being here. Now, uh, uh, let's dive right into it. Uh, for those who may not know, and for, for us, and we are here to learn in our podcast as well, what is digital privacy? <laughs> okay, let's dive into it. <laughs> <laughs> Very big, broad question. All right, so you could uh, divide digital privacy in th into three main concepts, if you will. Uh, one is related to information privacy. Uh, another one is communications privacy and then individual privacy. So what does this mean? It means that uh, people should have the expectation or feel entitled that uh, about their information be kept private. Also, any communications that they have either on the internet, on the phone, uh, should also be kept private and then their person itself. Like I want to be at home with my windows closed and I want to have that level of 
comfort that that I have privacy in my life. Uh, when it comes to digital, it's all the interactions that you have through the internet with your apps, with your devices, uh, with the sites that you go to, that you have that that comfort or that freedom of knowing that you can do things without nobody else watching you. Right, right. Without just going into incognito mode. Exactly. <laughs> but nowadays, I think you have to go into incognito yeah, mode. Which isn't even that great anymore. Yeah, well, I know. Well, <laughs> the only way I protect myself. Well, Google and others have said, you know, we still track that stuff. Right. We just don't report it back to you. We don't sort of store it locally, but they still have to do something with that data to route your internet traffic to whatever site you're going to that you don't want people to know about. Right. Um, incognito mode just really helps you, helps protect you on a local level of your device. Say you have a spouse or partner, you don't want to, they don't want to see what you're surfing and vice versa. Yeah, like uh, buying Christmas presents. But right? Google and yeah, that's it. <laughs> Google and your internet service provider, they will know where you're going. Oh. And they've actually said, Google has said that they're actually looking at that and they know all the bad sites. Oh, geez. Uh, so, excuse me a moment. I just have to uh, clear history and <laughs> clear every information you've ever submitted to Google. Um, so, I feel like we're already starting off with why is this scary, uh, but but why why do we think people are afraid of of having their privacy, their their digital privacy? You, well, you feel invaded. It's like getting robbed, right? right? Someone that wasn't invited is in your space, whether that space is on your laptop, in your house, on your phone, in your photo library, you know, whatever it is. If I didn't invite you in, I don't want you in there. Right, right. But having said that. What I find in my line of work and with the people that I talk to, it's not so much that they're afraid. I think they're oblivious. That's a fair, fair assessment. <laughs> because I see the amount of information that people share and I look at it and, and I have talked to friends and I, say, and I say, do you realize all these things that you have said, how they just go everywhere and now somebody or some company out there, or more than one, is creating a very accurate profile about you, about who you are, about what you like, most importantly, about what makes you tick, mm. and how they can portray things in a way that are gonna get your attention and that are gonna convince you of their point of view. So more of the problem is not that we're afraid of digital privacy, the problem is that we're not afraid of digital privacy. Well, it, we just don't think about it. It's lately, just, it's I just think, not on the radar. Yeah, and, and lately people are becoming a little bit more aware, uh, but people just see the convenience of, oh, you know, I, I live in Vancouver and my parents are in Newfoundland and I need to post my baby pictures so that my parents can see my baby. And I'm telling all these stories, but sometimes I put them on a public space and and even in my private spaces, all these companies can go in and look into my data and really understand who I am. Yeah. Now, you know, uh, uh, maybe jumping ahead a little bit, but, uh, you know, being um, uh, devil's advocate, as it were, uh, maybe it's helpful. Maybe, maybe I need, uh, you know, targeted ads to help me figure out what I want to eat for lunch and what kind of clothes I want to buy. Listen, it's just helping me as a person and a consumer. I agree with you when it comes to making your life easy. And, and again, that's what I tell companies. Your role here is to learn about your consumers, learn about your customers so that you can give them the best service. 
not just for you to make money out of it at whatever price. Uh, the part that concerns, when, so when you're giving people that convenience, I'm all up for it because they really need it and because it's going to make their life easier. But when you're manipulating them, that's when I think you're crossing a line. Well, and it's also if you're being transparent about yeah. what your motives are behind Absolutely. that quiz you're taking on Facebook, for example, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> Yeah, obviously I'm finding out which 90210 character. Right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon. Oh, we're going to get there so fast? <laughs> I don't know why 90210 was my yeah. character. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, uh, please hire us to be on your show. Uh, now, uh, uh, for uh, so for for yourself, what what inspired you to to start up uh, Kirky? Kirky, yeah. Kirky uh, Management Consulting. Uh, what inspired you to um, to begin this service to try and help companies uh, do this do this the right way? Well, my whole life um, I have been in IT. I have a degree in computer science uh, from a long time ago. I'm not going to date myself, but anyways, uh, when artificial intelligence it was just really, really starting. Um, and my whole career, I've been in IT. And my last corporate job was with Johnson & Johnson. I used to lead IT operations for uh, for North America in the diabetes division. And it was great. And that's when we started doing a lot of digital marketing. And suddenly, one day, we, uh, we had a breach. Mm. And uh, it was funny because I was just coming back from a maternity leave. And within a week, it's like... Welcome back. <laughs> we have a bridge. And and I really got involved in that. And that was long, long time ago when you wouldn't talk about it. And I learned so much. And then I got involved in these privacy councils. Mm-hmm. And we started talking about patient data and how we use it and what is the best way to use it. And with GenJ, they really care about taking care of, of their patients. That's That was our mandate. They were the number one thing. Um, and I started learning a lot about privacy and I found it fascinating. I found fascinating both cybersecurity and privacy and how they go hand in hand uh, and how they depend on each other. But uh, but the side of privacy, I found it really interesting because you have the legal side of things, you have the technical side of things, and then you have the operational. So how do you do things to protect the people that you're serving? And so when I decided to start the company, I thought this is, this is a good area mm-hmm. to start. And right. when I started, nobody cared about it. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> wow. So you got in at the right time. Uh, well, when I when I got in, it was not the right time, definitely, right. because companies would be like, "What?" Right. Maybe Who a little cares? too soon. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and I would be like, "This is important. This is important." And and no, uh, the sky is falling. Yeah, <laughs> Do you yeah. need to right? Yeah. And wow. and bit by bit, uh, yeah, yeah. I guess everything that has happened lately right. and. Uh, uh, the, the new laws in Europe with GDPR really brought attention to what happened. Uh, the, the, what I found in during all this time that I have doing this, the tipping point was definitely the Cambridge Analytica mm-hmm. uh, incident, which was very interesting because at the end of 2016, one day I read an article about this interesting company called Cambridge Analytica and what they did, the psychographic analysis. And I'm reading this and I'm like, this is just so wrong. And I started talking to colleagues about it and nobody will get it. They were like, what's wrong with it? And I was like, am I really wrong here? Like, this is not right. And suddenly it all exploded. And people came back to me saying, now I remember what you told me. And I said, oh, 
I felt vindicated, right. not the way that I wanted to be vindicated, Absolutely. but it was really, it really hit me to the core that you can do such great things with technology, but also there are bad actors that have great imaginations that can do not so good yeah, things. Yeah, right. Now, is part of the problem that kind of technology is evolving more than kind of social morality in a way? Um, <laughs> Well, I, I think I think part of the challenge is that the technology is advancing so fast, the average person can't keep up with those. You know, what does AI mean in the marketing space, for example, mm -hmm. and how they're going to use artificial intelligence to learn what Jeff is all about mm -hmm. by using all these different data points and being able to create this profile of Jeff, even if it's not called Jeff, mm -hmm. just. They know what Jeff the person is doing and doing all these type of things, but the average person just doesn't understand the implications of all these different touch points. Yeah. Everything, everything from tapping your credit card somewhere to using a Facebook quiz, like I mentioned before, right? Yeah. And how all those things can be correlated together, because you know you've logged into some online service where you've got your your budget and your all your banking sort of brought into one place. Well, that's a data point, and they can see. Well, Jeff just bought a drink downstairs, and he's also over to here doing this quiz about nine hundred two one zero, and they can build this profile way faster than anybody could. These are the things that I used to think about, like. Back when Minority Report came out, mm -hmm. you know, oh, yeah. it seemed like really futuristic. <laughs> but the thing is, the technology caught up, yeah, you know, yeah, right. and and so now those systems are autonomous. They don't, they don't need human programmers anymore. They can just do a lot of this work, the heavy lifting right. themselves, and it's much faster. And to your point, they they are able to do stuff that we never even imagined with that data. I, mm. I know, and something I call it the law of unintended consequences. I think human nature has always been to be curious about things and to do things in a new way and yeah. and, and differently and better. And I mean, I started my career as a developer and to me, it was a challenge to figure something out and, and make something work. But I was just working on my little square, my little space of, I need to make this work. I have been in charge of development of development teams that also they, and, and they're so proud about doing all these innovative things. Pushing the envelope with exactly. the technology. And, it's, and, they, and they do it with, you know, with the right, within the right reasons. It's just that there's always somebody out there that it's like, huh, if you can use it for this, yeah. maybe we can use it for this too, and we'll see what happens. And, and again, throughout history, all innovation has happened because humans needed it, but they didn't realize that in 100 years, maybe it, this is going to impact in a different way. When they started using coal, it yeah. was great for heating homes at that time, but right. you'd never understand. They never thought that, well, in 100 years, we're going to be paying the price with climate change. Fear of climate change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or Track they, that episode down if you haven't heard it yet. Yeah. Or if they, when they were splitting the atom, they never thought that it was going to be turned into a bomb. Yeah, I, 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 I honestly don't think that, or maybe I'm too naive, I don't think that Mark Zuckerberg in his dorm room in Harvard in 2003 was thinking, I am going to build this thing and then I'm going to rule the world. Yeah. I think that he genuinely wanted to connect the world and that was his intention. He never thought about the unintended consequences of that. But it's that social responsibility of, at some point, Mark Zuckerberg must have realized 
oh, what yeah. was starting to happen. Oh, yeah, I'm not excusing yeah, him now. Yeah, yeah. No, like, yeah. now he knows what it is, and, and he's trying yeah. to his, avoid responsibility. His little robot brain figured yeah. it out. <laughs> yes. But, but it's taking that, that responsibility for it and, and going in a better direction, I guess. But how yeah. do you do that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 John, I was wondering if you could tell us a bit more about Get Connected Media. Uh, for those, for our listeners who perhaps aren't aware of it, what do you, uh, what do you all cover? What, what is your focus? So we we cover technology, um, and it can cover the gamut, really. Um, lately, uh, at least on the radio show, every week there's some new breach or <laughs> a thing thing that gets out of the bag that those companies don't want to know about you know if, most recent example i can think of is the rash of all of these smart assistants the you know the alexas the mm-hmm. google homes those types of things that they actually have contractors listening to the recordings and they're supposed to be anonymized uh but these are contractors they're not even employees of those companies and they've been leaking the fact that sometimes you talk about yourself to your smart speaker, like identifying information, even though it's supposed to be anonymized and, and not track, trackable. But you can say, we're at VPL. Well, a Google search will tell you that's Vancouver Public Library. Yeah, you, know, right. you can connect the dots. And so wow. all of these different services, you know, Microsoft Cortana, even Skype, anything that has a translation service attached to it, yeah. they're using real humans to verify that the translations are correct. So, for example, on so on my smartphone, uh, for those listening, I'm holding my smartphone up to the mic. Uh, for for my smartphone, I have a thing where I can. Uh, it has a, a microphone where I can, uh, if I'm if I'm too tired to type out the three sentences, I can speak into my microphone, and the microphone will will type it out on my screen for me. Is that also? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I have to go. I have to, yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot of stuff right now, too, about whether your phone's actually just listening to you all the time. Well, well it is. <laughs> ah, oh, no. Well, it, it happens to me. I, I have children, so I use the word seriously a lot. Uh, and, and I have an iPhone, and every time I say seriously, it's like... Theory comes up. Yes, how can oh, I help oh, you? Yeah. And I don't know if it's my accent. I don't know if it's my tone. But yeah, every time I say that word, the thing comes up and uh, and ask how she can help. So they are constantly listening because that's that's the purpose yeah. to make your life easier. Wow. Right? So so on the radio show, we ask these kinds of questions all the time. You know, well, what can I do if I don't want Siri or something Good else quote, listening? Uh, yes. You can go back to the dark ages and not have a smart device because yeah. all these devices have this functionality. Now, a lot of the companies will say that in the the way the technology is set up is that it is listening locally mm-hmm. and it only will transmit to the cloud or to the internet when there actually is an action uh, for them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But those actions are all recorded and stored. Mm-hmm. Google recently was basically forced to or shamed into allowing you to delete your history of that of those recordings. Same with uh, Alexa and Amazon. Uh, they had to make that a, a very easy before all of your re- all your requests to Alexa were recorded and you could actually scroll through them in, in your app, which is actually really handy to see, well, I asked this question a couple of days ago. I can't remember what the word was that I used. You can go find it. But back then, the only way to delete 
all of them was one at a time. Right. And if you use your device, like I use my device, I have hundreds or thousands of requests. So they actually were forced to uh, add a delete all functionality. Mm-hmm. Or you could actually have a rolling deletion. So every three months, it deletes the previous chunk of data. So, but now the question is, are they deleting what is on your device or what you see in your account? What about all the backups that they do throughout? Well, and, and this is the this is sort of the scary part that I was getting at before is they have servers that are backed up, that are backed up, that are backed up. When you delete your thing on your phone, you're deleting it off your phone, but it's still on the server somewhere. Mm-hmm. I, I would just assume that. I don't have any proof. It's anecdotal. But... I know how servers are set up, especially for these types of systems. They're going to have backups on their backups on their backups. Yeah. And so at some point, you know, Jeff's uh, 90210 request for Alexa. <laughs> really glad I came up with that. Yeah, you're, you've owned it now. Um, so that's going to live on forever on some server in in you know in the cloud somewhere. Now, uh, uh, so speaking of Google uh, and Reddit, uh, I'm a big Reddit lurker, but I, I don't have an account per se. Um, but uh, someone actually, someone created an Ask Reddit thread called "People Who Downloaded Their Google Data and Went Through It." What were, what were the most? Uh, this question said, "What were the most unsettling things you found out that they had stored about you?" Uh, most of them, luckily, are fairly innocuous. But someone said that uh, uh, he searched through, and Google had tracked him to uh, had uh, tracked all his all of his movements accurately down to the specific hour for the past couple of years. Yep. Uh, you saying 90210, someone said that their Google profile had listed them as liking Chinese rap, even though they just listened to one YouTube video like three years ago. Yeah. So it's out there. Yeah. yeah. Right? And the amount of 90210 advertising <laughs> is going to be crazy. But it is true. Like, but... If we want technology, and if we want our small our, our our smartphones, does that mean we have to give up our privacy? It's something we're buying. I paid a lot of money for my cell phone. <laughs> Why does that mean they are automatically getting my data? Well, um, because first of all, when you set up your phone and you go through the terms and conditions, you oh. say I agree. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, oh, no. that's the number, the number one, one thing. lie in the world. <laughs> I have read these terms yeah. and conditions. Yes. I know. Yeah. And, uh, but one thing that I keep telling people again is you have rights. Mm-hmm. It's just that people are like, I don't have time yeah. to go and exercise my rights. And even in, right now, again, the discussion is Europe and how strong, strongly they're coming up with ensuring that people have rights over their data. But in Canada, you have rights too. You have the Office of the Privacy Commissioner. If there is something that you want, that you don't want companies to have your data, that, that, that you don't feel comfortable with what they're doing, you can lodge a complaint and you can do it online. It's just that people are not doing it. Yeah. And I think it's about time that we start reclaiming those rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody said, data rights now should be considered human rights. I absolutely agree. Again, I don't let people just walk into my house or uh, we were discussing before uh, public data versus private data and how a lot of companies say, well, that's public data. I can do whatever I want with it. Well, no, I can park my car on a public space and that doesn't give you a right to break into it and go for a joyride. Mm -hmm. 
You shouldn't do that with my data either. Even if I put it out there, as long as I have a business relationship with you and you're going to use it for my benefit, stay away from it. I, I think the, the problem that, you know, when you got your cell phone, Jeff, you agreed to the terms and conditions to activate it because you wanted to get it going. Yeah. And Jeff, why didn't you read it? <laughs> but also things like Facebook and Instagram and these other things where you're getting targeted advertising, you've agreed to those terms and conditions. You may not understand them. Yeah. Most people definitely don't understand the implications of that. But I'm constantly shocked to see the level of private information people just volunteer mm -hmm. the you know they they have like these breakdowns on facebook <laughs> in a public publicly viewable post and then they go for a job interview and their boss just or their future boss just looked them up on facebook and the last thing they had is this thing yeah it's like that's so drunk last night and you cannot unsee it no yeah. you can't and you can't hide it and you know uh those are the things that people just need to think more clearly about what are they using these systems for. I personally put everything is is public, it's wide open. There's occasionally one or two things, but I assume that a private message on Facebook is not private. Right. Someone at Facebook can read it. Um, so whoever I'm sending that message to could screenshot it and share it with somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, it just takes a little bit more common sense, I think, than most people are actually using with these systems because, oh, look, it's a shiny new thing. Here's a quiz about 90210. Here's you know a, a baby photo that gives all of the details of where the baby lives and all that kind of stuff because they've turned on geolocation stuff, right? I mean, I like these features and functionalities, but I'm also very aware of the implications of me choosing to turn those things on. Right. The average person is not. And these big companies like Google and Apple and things like that, I mean, they're trying or at least trying to present the, the, the face of that. But when you set up your phone, especially if you're not a super sophisticated technical person, you're presented with an overwhelming amount of choices and things to click okay on that you don't understand. You're not gonna read. Mm -hmm. You just wanna get to the shiny, right? Yeah. So. Well, that's the thing is that like, uh, for someone who's technologically savvy like you, it's not as big of a deal. But if we're talking like my great aunt in Manitoba. Yeah. Um, Shout out to great aunt in Manitoba. <laughs> uh, she doesn't know what she's agreeing to and what she's doing. She's just setting it up. And I think that's where they're taking advantage of people. Well, and quite often your great aunt might have been set up by your your nephew or your, yeah. your uncle or somebody and just gave it to her already logged in and set up. And she has no idea how she got to that point. Point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, uh, is, is it naive to think that, or to hope that most companies will treat our 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 information and our our data and our our information uh, with respect and to use it only for good and use it only for what they need? Yes. <laughs> Great. Uh, well, well it, it, it is. Yeah, I would call it naive, but also. On the flip side, don't think that all companies are evil. No. Mm -hmm. A lot of companies are doing things for the right reasons. Great. It's just that there's so many tools out there and so many ways to attract new customers and, and to retain your customers that they're like, let's use this and this every, and that. Every store has an app. Every store has a rewards app. I, I use my Subway app and so they're they're tracking me. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, that, that, well, but but loyalty uh, programs have existed for the longest time. True. I did and get a cookie on safe, my birthday. Your <laughs> Safeway card, you would always 
always give it. Mm-hmm. And they were creating a profile. I years <laughs> over twenty years ago, I used to work for Procter and Gamble, and we would work with Walmart to get those profiles of people that I, bought I, those products. I heard that Safeway though had collected so much data, they didn't know what to do with it because <laughs> exactly because they were scanning everything that sure. that Jeff would buy at the at the store. All my nine hundred two one zero merch, right? <laughs> And it's like, well, do we really need to know that you bought 16 bottles of ketchup in the last three years? You know, like right. you like hot dogs. Okay. Right. So what, so what kind of, uh, what kind of data are companies looking for and what, what are they? Yeah. What, what is this? Uh, what are they wanting to do with our data ultimately? They, um, their number one goal again is to get new customers right. or retain their existing customers. Money. So they're really interested in your behavior. Mm-hmm. They want to know how you behave, how you react, what makes you buy their products. And they are committed to give you the best experience so that you come back to them. Right. Uh, and the, the way that they feel that they can do this is by gathering all these amounts of information. Because also, I have worked with companies that collects so much information. And I ask them, why are you collecting this? And they tell me, just in case. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Just the ketchup. (laughs) The Safeway example was the same thing. They took all this, they have all this data, but they didn't actually have a use case for all of it. So I say, well, if if you're not gonna use it, just get rid of it because it's gonna turn into a liability for you. Right, the scary thing is that, yeah, Safeway, they don't care if I've bought 13 bottles of ketchup in a year, um, besides the fact that they might need to stock the shelf a little bit more often than normal. Um, but Heinz ketchup, that's really important information to them. Yep. So the thing that kind of freaks me out is that, you know, Safeway might not have malicious purposes uh, with the data, but are they going to sell it? Or are they going to give that information away? Like, Well, and then that's the thing is a lot of this data is collated and collected by companies that sell it mm-hmm. like commodities. Right. And so you don't know what that, that potential, cu- uh, the customer of that data's end goal is going to be, right? Because I might buy it and then sell it to Ali and then she might use it for nefarious purposes, but I might sell it to Daniel, he might use it for good purposes. But again, <laughs> who knows why? And the thing is, the data is just data, yeah. and it's just like exchanged, like like ketchup. Yeah, <laughs> just like ketchup. Huh. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's it's freaky. It freaks me out, to be honest. So, uh, so what are what are the trends for for this very important? and particular field of technology. Um, you were mentioning that uh, there are uh, some governments in the world that are that do have laws in place to protect people's privacy. Uh, yeah. Is it happening? Are we able to see some of those laws happening here in Canada, in North America? And, you know, to build on top of that question, are companies doing better at trying to, to be responsible? Uh, yeah, I, I, again, as I said before, both GDPR in, in Europe and the Cambridge Analytica scandal really were, from my perspective, a tipping point where awareness started growing. Then we start having all these big breaches happening and all this personal information that, that is just out there. Um, in Canada right now, we have had privacy legislation for a long time. We're one of the first countries that, that 
Unfortunately, oh, it hasn't okay. <laughs> it hasn't kept up with the times. Right. But right now, the government is looking into that. Uh, um, they started talking about the digital charter. So right, we right. go back to human rights and uh, and and to update. Uh, PIPERA, which is uh, the, the privacy legislation at the, gener- uh, the federal level for for organizations to follow, and just the companies that start, that are calling me, it's very interesting how they they really are interested in doing the right thing and complying with the laws and doing things in the right way. And I and I tell them, you don't have to stop your business; you can still serve your customers. You can still learn about them so that you can serve them, but in the right way. Uh, and I'm okay with them knowing about me as long as they're giving me what I want. Right. One one other interesting angle to this whole equation is the fact that we're in Canada, but we've been talking about Google, Facebook, yep. all these other companies right. that are American. Right. And so their laws may not necessarily apply to us and vice versa. So how they treat our data, they could you know be really reckless with our data, but we're not in that country and vice versa. So how far Canada's uh, privacy commissioner can reach in the, our Canadian laws is the, uh, the end game would be, would Facebook not be available in Canada? You know, and, and that's happened in other countries where, you know, if you go to China, China doesn't have a lot of the social media systems that we have in the rest of the world because the government's shut them off. And so that's a concern that I have. Also, just knowing where my data goes, you know, if I'm using some random social media or photo app that's based in Russia, Russia has all my data now. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And you just don't know. Yeah. But on the plus side, you do have that really cool photo of what you'd look like when you were 70. So, <laughs> yes. Worth the trade. Well, no, maybe not. Even, like, going over the border, like I go down, yeah. to the, down to Seattle a fair amount to visit friends. Um, just that there might be the possibility that they might be able to access my data or, or want to see my data. Yeah. The, the whole. And you have to? Well, kinda. it's probably not going to be a good time if you say no. If you right. say no, you're not going to be allowed to cross, most right. likely. It just depends on, on the whim of them. And that's been the big concern. Full disclosure, I'm a white male. I haven't been stopped at the border from crossing. I know for a fact other people of other uh, colors have had issues and they might have had to give up their sp- their smartphones and their passwords to those smartphones. Um, you know, it's profiling and it's whatever you want to call it, but it's, you know, it's one of those things that exists and it's something that they can do if they want. Although I do think that Canada has uh, tried to inter- intervene with the, the type of, uh, the level of access the Americans can have across the border, but they're also sharing data now between the two things, right? So um, again, if you, it's just kind of makes me feel a little nervous about going to the States. Mm -hmm. I still go to the States all the time. I was just in New York last week. I had no problems, but you know, it's just one of those things that one day that I'm too tired to answer the question properly, am I going to have to go inside and, and give up all my data? And they're going to plug in a, a device into my phone and download everything that's on my phone. Right. Again, because they might need it. Having said that, let's not fool ourselves, guys. They have been doing that for the longest time. Yes. yes. Uh, you said I'm a, I'm a white male. Yeah, well, I'm a Latin woman. Right. Uh, I have been stopped at the border every single time. Yeah. So what did I do? I, I I made a conscious decision to get a Nexus card. And yeah. I said, I'm an open book. Get me that, my Nexus card. You're going to know more than I want you to know. But actually, I think you already know it. 
Right. Right. Uh, so I got my Nexus card, and voila. Yeah. Now they now you're never oh, you're, pre, you're you're pre-vetted. Now, yeah. Exactly, wow. but wow. literally my whole life I have always worked for American companies. I go to the states a lot, so when when I was living in Mexico to go to the US every single time. I I know that back room like the palm of my hand. <laughs> As Canadian, I thought that once I got my Canadian passport that that was going to change. Nope, they right. would look at me and it was like, why are you here? Uh, uh, wow. uh, uh. Once I got my Nexus card, the first time I used it, they told me, uh, welcome. And I I was like, whoa, <laughs> you're not going to ask me anything. Wow. But yeah, that, that has happened. And with government, that has always happened. It's just that now, again, with, with all these things that are happening with technology, people are starting to think more about it. Yeah. And I really wish that people start thinking more about it, not just from a government perspective, mm-hmm. but all across. Like, stop sharing so much, please. Yeah. Well, I think we're living in an age now where we have to educate ourselves more. Yeah. And we talked about that with uh, fear of social media as well, where mm-hmm. where we're living in a culture that, that you really have to, yeah, pay attention <laughs> to what's what's going on around you. You can't just be compliant. You, you have to question right. things now. Well, the good thing about things like Cambridge Analytica and other breaches like that, it puts a big spotlight on this issue. Right. Mm-hmm. And it hopefully... Even if it affects you know a small segment of the population, they're going to at least think twice about taking that quiz now, yeah. right? And um, that can only help things. Having conversations like we're having right now, mm-hmm. that can only help educate these people. And just it, and I said it earlier, just it's just common sense. Um, but you can't you can't plan for everything and how your data is being used. So just be a little bit more cautious, a little bit more wary. Um, you don't go outside and not look to see if it's raining. You, you know, like you'll check before and the same thing before you start signing up for some new social media account or some new app or whatever like that. Think about what you're giving them and what they're giving you in return. Cause, yeah. cause I mean, the old adage is that if you're not paying for it, then you're the, right. pro- you're, the product. you're the product, right? So that's actually, um, normally I'm, I'm tend to be kind of a, a bandwagon jumper for technology and trends and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, whatever, I don't care. Um, but with that, uh, that face aging, um, app recently, mm-hmm. that was probably one of the first times where I'm like, um, you don't have to pay for this. <laughs> I'm gonna look into this a little bit more. Yep. And yeah, sure enough, there was uh, there's tons of stuff about that app that's that's stealing all your information. Yeah, it's just I mean, and whether some of this information is true or not. Yeah. It's yeah, it's, yeah, it's some of it could be an- anecdotal and hearsay. Um, I was recently in China and I toured Huawei, and a lot of people said, "Oh, well, did you see the spy network and all this type <laughs> of stuff?" And like. <laughs> No, <laughs> there were no people in trench coats. There was none, and the thing is, is like, I understand the concern, but what's the proof, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And because Trump said it was a, a security issue, like I've been there, I know what they are doing. I've seen the rigorous testing that has to happen for all their their hardware and technology. That's not to say that they aren't working with the Chinese government, but all I can go on is the information I have. 
And mm. and I did my research before I went, and and I I actually find that I'm defending this thing right. be, because I was there, and they and these people that well I heard about it on the internet. I'm like, well, that's not that's fake news. Right. That's the definition yeah. of fake news, right? So yeah, and every technology company has their their own secrets. Like yes, you can't just walk into like D Wave, like a supercomputer um, company, and just expect to go anywhere you want in there. Right. Yeah. Right. Like they'll, they'll show you what they want to show you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I went there with that knowledge and that thought process. Like, they're not going to show me everything in the kingdom. Yeah. But I had a fairly good understanding of how they operate. Yeah. Um, so, but Google is apparently in bed with the NSA, right? So, all these right. companies have some kind of connection to a government of some some way, especially a large company like Google or Apple and those type of things, right? So, yeah. um, but again, just circle back, it's common sense. You know, what are you giving up? What are you getting? Yeah. Whew. Wow. Yeah, wow. I'm, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, usually, uh, when we head towards the end of a fear of science episode, I like to uh, I like to be, you know, be like, ah, yeah, I feel I feel hopeful. I feel hopeful. <laughs> this is not one of those episodes, Jeff. Uh, this is an episode that makes you go like, ah. Um, but but you know, hearing hearing the 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 reminder that we all need to play a part in taking care of our own digital privacy. Really great reminder. Yeah. Um, really, I actually argue, I would say that I do feel hopeful after this episode. Yeah. Because I think um, even as we were talking about uh, digital privacy in the past and how much it's changed and how much society has become aware of what's happening and that people are starting to educate themselves, Consumers are aware that they are the product, yeah. and sometimes they game the system knowing that. And, and yeah, that's scary. encouraging too. Right. It's scary that it's happening, and it, it sucks that it's happening, but it's better than it happening in the shadows and no one being aware of it. Yeah, and, and as I was saying, just as consumers are getting more aware, companies are getting more aware of yeah. what their responsibilities are. Huh. And a lot of companies are really trying to do the right thing and really bring themselves up to a level where they can really... Uh, regain your tr- or maintain your trust yeah. because they want to keep you as a customer. And we talked bef- before we started recording about the fact that these companies aren't doing this necessarily with a nefarious goal in exactly. mind. They're mostly oblivious to the implications of storing this all this data that they don't actually need in an unsecure database on the internet somewhere right so they're, they're you know they're just they just need to be aware of the implications of what they're doing and most companies want to do the right thing they don't want to be a company that's failed because of some big scandal right. and, and you know what one of these scandals can bring you down nowadays mm-hmm. uh, what happened with Marriott I can assure you that when they uh, when they purchased Starwood back in 2014 it was not like oh we're gonna purchase them and Make, take advantage of all this data or we don't they just didn't know they didn't do their due diligence and then all this data was was being uh filtered out they they had to pay humongous amounts of in fines they had to rebrand uh their whole loyalty program now it's uh bonvoy bonvoy you know how much that costs yeah, oh that was a lot like millions and millions of dollars to rebrand that i can assure you that they didn't do it by choice right so right. companies are saying and some smaller companies i have talked to them and they say we need to do something because if something happens we close our doors yeah right. plain and simple 
Um, so, so yeah, I think there's the awareness are, is starting to grow everywhere on both sides, and I think we're going to get to a place that is much better. But always, there's always going to be somebody that wants to ruin it for the rest of us. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Pen and paper, pen yeah. and paper. Yeah. Well, no, there's been a lot of breaches on paper. Oh no! Right? <laughs> yeah. People go to this office and they open uh, the drawers, and there's all this right. paper that the company before forgot to take with them. Right. Or, or the shredding with... companies. Oh, that's true. And then in the in the paper bins out back, and they open exactly. up. Exactly. Right, right. Yeah. So. Fine. I'm just not going to share anything. Just go into the woods and start a fire. Oh, okay. Ah, good. I remember go camping. seeing a demo. Um, it was probably about a year ago where they had someone hold up their camera to a shredded document and it just scanned it and then was able to start rearranging it back into its document. Machine was. learning. Yeah, yeah. It's yep. crazy. Wow. No one's safe. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, but, uh, but you know, I, I'm really glad that we're having this conversation. And I'm glad uh, for all of you for, for listening as well. Because uh, I really, you know, as you mentioned earlier, I think the fact that we are now talking about this, companies are talking about it, uh, you know, our the governments are talking about it. I think, you know, yeah, this awareness that this thing is something that needs to be talked about and discussed, I think is very, very important. Mm-hmm. Um, now, normally at the end of every episode, we do um, the hashtag of whatever the subject is, and I'll kind of pull something from the news. But to be honest, we've uh, talked about a large amount of stuff already. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually going to just skip the, the hashtag part of it and uh, just thank both of you for being on the show. Yeah. Well, thanks for having us. Now, speaking of digital, uh, what's the opposite of privacy? Openness? <laughs> digital openness. Uh, speaking of digital openness, for our listeners of the Fear of Science podcast, where can they learn more about you and what you do with your companies? Uh, well, uh, they can go to my website. is uh, consultingcom And uh, there we talk about all the ways that we help companies. We have a blog where we talk about different uh, topics, uh, both for consumers and for companies. I'm going to read that just yeah. through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And, yeah. Thank you for educating us. Thank you. And I'm John Beeler, uh, pretty much everywhere, uh, J-O-H-N-B-I-E-H-L-E-R.com uh, or on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the different places. Perfect. Wow. And if by the end of this episode, if you are still on the digital landscape, you can find Fear of Science and all of your favorite podcast players. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Yeah. And thank you very much for listening. Thank you. We'll talk again soon.